Well, good morning and welcome to The Drive. Uh, it is February, no it's not February, it's January 26th, still January. Got about a week left and uh, hope you guys are doing well today. It is <clears throat> it is Friday today and if I sound unsure, remember I've, I've been sick for this last week, I'm just getting better, I'm trying to get my bearings, going back to normal life finally, praise the Lord. Um, but uh, we're really kind of looking at the life of Jesus, right? We've been looking at the life of Jesus since Christmas, talking about the birth of Christ, and I just kind of, we just continued on from there. <laughs> and we, we're now in the midst of him giving the Beatitudes, right, in the Sermon on the Mount to his disciples. But remember, there's also a whole crowd in the background listening, so they're learning as well. They're learning what they need to be like, what their perspective should be, their mindset should be, they decide to follow Jesus like the disciples. And so he's laying these things out for them. And I love it because that's what God does. He makes things clear for us. He says, this is now that you're walking with me, here's what I want you to do. <laughs> right. He gives us those callings. <coughs> he gives us clarity. And as we take those steps of faith, he, he opens doors and we, we see those doors open. We see the waters receding as we take those steps. Right, um, and so I, I love the Beatitudes. They're so much insight into the character and the heart that we should have as as Christ followers. And um, uh, yesterday's episode, we talked about the persecution. Right, blessed are those who are persecuted. This one's somewhat similar, but there's a couple verses here. Uh, Jesus preaches or teaches he says blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account okay, somewhat similar and this essentially he added those who lie about you those who slander your reputation and here's what he says well when that happens hey rejoice and be glad <laughs> for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This kind of reminds me of like when you're younger, or maybe when you're older too, I don't know. But, you know, someone is super mean to you or they say something mean to you and they're trying to really provoke you. They're trying to rile you up, right? And instead of you getting riled up and them going, yeah, I got them angry, you know? Instead, you're like, you know, I'm just going to be kind to them <laughs> I'm just gonna be nice I'm gonna be so, hey oh it's okay just I'm gonna brush it off I'm gonna let that thing that they said go and I'm gonna just be kind and you know what often happens is that the person gets even more angry and they try to provoke even more but if they can't get like a rise out of you if they can't get you to be provoked or irritated then they'll just give up oftentimes they'll walk away and they'll say forget it goal, my goal is not being met because this person is not being affected by what I'm saying. <clears throat> and in a sense, as Christians, that's how we should be. We are not here to please people. Right? We're not living to please people. Not at all. We're living to please God. And that's what you know. Paul the Apostle even said. He said, I make it my aim to please Him. And aim was an archery term where someone was trying to hit the bullseye, tried to hit the mark. That is the aim. And that mark, that center, that bullseye, is, <coughs> excuse me, 
still have a cough, obviously, is to please the Lord. You know, especially those of those of us who have always been people pleasers. There has to come a point where you go, I'm done. Like, I can please some people some of the time, but I can't please everyone, everybody, all of the time. Like, there's no way. And why would we want to? We're not living for people. I, I'm not living for everyone's approval. I tell people all the time, too, when I train people up to be leaders... Uh, back when I was a manager at companies and now that I'm a pastor for leadership, I go, if you want everyone to like you, do not be a leader. Do something else. You know, just be a greeter. Shake people's hands and make the coffee. You know, do stuff behind the scenes. Because um, right when you're in, the, uh, in any sort of position of leadership... Right away, someone's going to disagree. I don't think they're doing it right. Well, I can do it better, you know. Oh, they shouldn't have done it like that. Why don't they do this? Why isn't there more of this or less of that? You know. It would be hard to be a manager or a pastor or a leader of any kind if you were just trying to please everybody all the time. That's that's too stressful. <laughs> I mean, it's hard enough to live to please the Lord. But that should be our aim. Right? With... The Lord as the center of our affections. He is the one who we are living for. Yeah, we love God and then we love our neighbor. Definitely. But we're not trying to follow our neighbor's plan. Right? We are living out and attempting to follow God's plan. You know, that's why when people are called to, whether it's, you know, I'll just say some big things. Now, like the, the mission field or moving to a different country or giving up their house and their secular job to go into ministry. That's why so many people who, who really aren't who really aren't strong in the faith think it's crazy. Because they understand the calling of God. Right? They don't they don't get the importance of it. They don't understand that rewards in heaven are more important than monetary monetary benefits on the earth. I'm just saying we're not living to please people oh no they don't like me I need to try to be very nice to them and just I need to get them to like me no you don't if they don't like you that's on them that's and if you did something wrong hey apologize and, and move on sometimes people don't like you just because they don't like you that's okay why should that affect us right We're, we are living to please God and in doing so people are going to be offended in doing so, we're going to share the truth and it's going to definitely rub people the wrong way. And they're going to think, <coughs> excuse me, all kinds of things against the truth. Really not against you, even though it appears to be that, but against the truth. And so I love it because as we live to please the Lord, as we live to fulfill His will... We can rejoice and be glad, even when those come, uh, those people come against us falsely. It reminds me that I'm reading. Let me just end it with this, you guys. I'm reading this. Uh, I love, you know, biographies, autobiographies. I'm reading this one by Ron Chernow. He wrote the um, Hamilton one as well, history book about Hamilton. I'm reading the one now on John D. Rockefeller, uh, Feller, and he was obviously the king of oil, <laughs> right? The Titan is what they call him, and. He dominated that field. Like he, uh, like ninety percent of oil came from Rockefeller, and he was 
the richest man in the world, okay? And just reading his biography, you know, it's very detailed. It's like 800 pages. And one of the things you realize is that his employees loved him. His um, Most of his family loved him except for his brother William because he was a moocher and he kept asking for loans for Rockefeller and he could never get enough money because he was just kind of a deadbeat. But that's a, that's a different story. But everyone loved him. Employees loved him. No one complained about him at all. But because uh, his business did so so well, um, smaller oil companies were shut down because they couldn't really compete with Standard Oil, which is what it was called. So this one in the, this one reporter, it put her dad out of business, and she got so mad and so bitter. Yeah, I think it was Ingrid Timbrell. Uh, I think that was her name. That she spent years, years slandering him, saying lies and printing all of this stuff in articles on newspapers to paint a picture of Rockefeller as completely different. I'm not saying he was perfect, but she slandered him to such an extent that a lot of these lies and these things stuck and people thought Rockefeller is a horrible person and they didn't even know him. All they knew is what they heard from this lady who her father, you know, which you feel for her, her father was put out of business because he had a, had a small oil company and he couldn't compete with the big one. But people just believed everything she said. And it, it painted him in such a bad light. He gave millions. He started a, sco- a school in Chicago. She, he started super big philanthropist, went to church twice a week, every week, all the time. Gave and gave and gave. And... Um, yet he was painted as this villain, as this monster, you know, and people bought it. And here's the thing, like Jesus is saying, people are going to revile you. They're going to lie against you. They're going to say things that are untrue about you because of your faith. Well, you know what you need to do? Get back at them. Have revenge. No. Rejoice and be glad. And I learned a long time in ministry. A long time ago, I learned in ministry. I was taught, have a soft heart have thick skin and a soft heart and I love that picture have thick skin in that the accusations the uh, insults the criticisms that come against you just let them hit your skin and fall down like forget it brush them off but also have a soft heart still love still show kindness to anyone and everyone and I think that's the way <laughs> I think that's the way and so I love it because we can rejoice and be glad even when people come against us even when people lie about us because we're not trying to please them we're living to please the Lord that's our aim amen well God bless you guys hey I hope you have an amazing Friday and we'll talk to you soon